Welcome to Bruin Success, where we talk to UCLA alumni and explore the many paths to success beyond UCLA. I'm your host, Katie Russo, and today I have the privilege of being joined by Todd Sert, Senior Manager of Organization Development at Walt Disney Parks Experiences and Consumer Products. In this role, he provides internal consultancy across lines of business, segment, and enterprise projects that involve significant complexity and require deep organization development expertise to achieve sustainable organizational effectiveness. Outside of his world at Disney, Todd serves as treasurer on the UCLA Alumni Association Board of Directors and volunteers his time to support UCLA and give back to the next generation of Bruins. Todd graduated from UCLA in 1996 with his degree in political science and has been an active volunteer with the UCLA Alumni Association since 2003. Todd, welcome to Group of Success. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with us today. I'm happy to be here. So to get started, obviously we are in a unsettling and unprecedented time with COVID-19. And um, in learning a bit more about your background, I know on your LinkedIn, I read that Disney genuinely puts their cast members first, which makes all the difference. In this challenging time, how do you manage taking care of your cast members as both human beings and professionals? It's a great question, Katie. I think in our normal um, state of affairs, we we are always putting our cast members first. And what I've seen in times of crisis is it, it's amplified. Um, our focus really is on making sure first that our, our cast members are safe and secure and taken care of. Um, some of the actions that we've taken during this crisis has been um, even more reaffirming to me about how um, embedded within our culture, the, the concept of putting cast members first. Um, cast members is what we call our, our employees. And um, what I've seen is a lot of focus on communication and, and engagement so that we are there where we're meeting our cast members where they're at today. So if they need um, just someone to talk to on the phone to share, you know, how they're feeling, we're there for them. If it's a matter of, you know, we're going to take advantage of this time to do some professional learning and development. We've got, um, you know, virtual courses and different types of tools ready for them. And so um, I, I think it's a filter for us and everything that we do. It's a filter for me. Um, I can't do anything with my team or with with the leaders I work with to to in, to make edits to the employee experience unless it's coming from that lens of, of, of our cast members coming first. So what's important for them obviously is, is critical. So we drive um, a lot of insight um, tools to get insight on how they're feeling and what they're doing so that we can be where they're at. So if it's a matter of prioritizing um, you know, workplace um, environment and you know, the break areas that we have to ensure that they're, they're clean and, and, and well-stocked, you know, those types of baseline things that we're, we're focusing in on as leaders to ensure that we've got the right, um, you know, the right support structure for our cast members. But again, especially today, I, I've just seen this company rally and really, um, you know, I've been a part of many conversations in, in recent weeks around how we can get our cast members what they need, um, mm -hmm. whether it's, whether it's, you know, technology or communications or tools, et cetera in order to be, um, you know, to be supported. And, and that means the world for me as, as, um, as an employee um, and as someone who's, you know, worked for other companies in the past, it just really reaffirms my, uh, you know, the relationship that I have with Disney. Oh, that's great to hear. And like you said, I think that's so important for so many 
right now is like you said, meeting them where they're at, depending yep. if it's, you know, needing that sounding board just to talk through things or it's an actual work issue or making sure they have the right equipment and they're getting adjusted to this, you know, new normal. So that's yeah, I'll add to that. You know, it's interesting right now. We've got some lines of our businesses, although my business has been, uh, you know, this part of Disney that I work with has been significantly impacted by, by COVID-19. I, but say, I, sure. I mean, many parts, but other parts are relatively business as usual. Um, it is unusual, but it is, yeah, um, but you know, our, if you think about it, Disney plus has been uh, a comfort yeah. for many families yeah. that are working from home. Um, our, our shop online or shop Disney site has had more traffic than, than ever before because wow. people are, are wanting to connect with the brand. Um, and then, you know, we have other, um, other, our gaming, um, organization is, is working full stop to, to provide new uh, interactive experiences for, you know, for our fans um, in the marketplace. So there are parts of my business that are absolutely impacted and others that are, are um, less impacted, but still um, impacted. So our goal really is to balance all of that. And to be, again, what you said is be where they're, be where they're at. No one size fits all in terms of how we, we work with our cast members. That's great. Yeah. And it's funny, like you said, Disney plus and, and some of these different outlets that now people are able to you know, making, making at home feel a little more comforting and a and little easier. Yep. So that being said, if you could share any words of wisdom with other leaders or managers that are working through this time with their team, what would you share about weathering the storm? We use a, a, a phrase called active listening um, at the company. So we use as many different tools and processes as possible to understand what's going on on a regular basis. I've been doing some coaching for our, for our organization recently about um, you know, how to get through some of this, um, you know, get through the crisis. And what we've been trying to coach is, you know, again, sort of what we'd said previously is no one size fits all, um, listen, genuinely be engaged, be present, um, meet the, meet the cast members where they're at. Um, I, I think it takes extra work. I would say that it's, it's not business as usual. You can't assume you could just bring people on a conference call and, and share information with them and, and everything's good. People take messaging differently depending on where they sit within, you know, where their mindset is. And, and um, I think it's, it, it does require a, a bit of, you know, crisis uh, management and mitigation. And the, and the key thing really for all leaders is to be genuine in your response. Um, transparency where possible is critical. It's um, incredibly important for, um, for employees to understand what's going on. Even if you don't know, um, I had a call this morning with, um, with, with um, one of the executives I work with and, and, and her team. And um, she started off the call brilliantly, which was, I might not have the answers for you, but I'm going to try to have the conversation where I don't have the answers. I'll, I'll tell you what I know, what I don't know, and what I need to find out. And just having that level of vulnerability, particularly in this state, mm-hmm. actually shows leadership. That shows that um, you've got the, the, the best interests of your employees and your cast members at, at any given time. Yeah, that's yeah, that's wonderful. And like you said, the transparency is is the and the over communication is just so important nowadays. It is, and there's the formal and informal channels. You can imagine um, we've seen within Disney a, a, a bunch of new Facebook group Facebook groups, for example, pop up that are cast driven in order to um, bring people together and share, um, you know, share new information, but also just you know, great concepts of you know, remember this day when we did this thing and how great it was and how we felt there, you know, today we had a couple of um, social media posts 
that were really well socialized within the cast community. And, and they were both, but they both had to do with um, our two parks in the United States, the so Walt Disney World and Disneyland okay. Resort, where the um, American flags were both being raised on Main Street, USA, in both of the parks, um, managed with, a, with um, you know, social distancing rules being, being um, you know, being adhered to. But it was such a um, reminder to our cast members and frankly, for the broader, um, you know, broader fan base that, you know, we're still here and we'll be back. And it meant so much to so many of our cast members to just get that message of hope um, at this point in time, especially as we're, you know, many of our, our operations have been disrupted. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, coming together, knowing like we're, we're in this together and we'll get through it together. Yeah. Um, so now going back in time a bit, can you share a more of your journey from UCLA political science student to business leader at Disney today? <laughs> well, you know, probably like most people, I, I would not have been able to guess when I was 22 years old and graduating from UCLA that I would be where I'm, um, where I'm at currently. Um, but I will say that when I was at UCLA, I worked at Disney part-time. Um, it's, it's oh. been a part of my DNA since I was wow. 16 years old and I worked in the park in high school and, 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 and uh, as a seasonal during, during college, you know, holidays and, and, uh, and summer break. And um, so it was always a part of, of who I am. Um, but when I was poli-sci major, my, my real intent was to go to law school. I think as many political science uh, students aspire towards. And so when I was going through, you know, sort of my post um, college planning, um, I knew I wanted to, to try something different before I, I, I sought out law school. And so I looked at um, the companies that were recruiting through the, the uh, career center on campus. And um, I literally, you know, I took the, the best offer that came through <laughs> the, the offers that came through the career center. And, and I started a career in, uh, in retail, actually. So I was in the executive management program um, for Robinson's May, which has since been dissolved and absorbed into the Macy's um, organization. But I was, um, I got a good chance to work in the greater LA area and, and get exposure to different parts of the business from finance and IT and marketing. Uh, and, uh, and that was a really great um, journey for me. And then and as I got through a couple of years of that program, I, I was more ready to, uh, to explore that law career, but I had this itch. Um, so I was actually a political science major and I had two um, specializations is what we called it then as opposed okay. to a minor, but yeah. I had a specialization in Asian American studies and in education. And so I went to Japan two years out of college to mm -hmm. be an English teacher. Mm -hmm. And I did that um, and had a, a great experience. It was like this cultural transformation for me to really live in a completely different environment and um, explore something that was, that was important to me to, to figure out. And so while I was there, took my uh, LSAT and took my GMAT um, for business okay. school. And long story short, ended up um, going to college in Washington, D.C. for grad school, decided nice. didn't want to be a lawyer, stuck with business school, graduated from my MBA, and then went into management consulting. And, um, and that was coming actually at another time of crisis, um, right? Um, I, was, I graduated right as, uh, right before 9-11. And um, I had joined an organization, um, Accenture, that um, mm -hmm. I was based right outside of Washington, D.C., and um, was fully focused on federal government consulting wow. um, for the first several years of my career. And in fact, um, was in D.C. on 9-11. Um, wow. As you can imagine, that was a very uh, impactful time, but for me, both per personally and professionally, but with Accenture, 
I was able to start getting exposure to you know, organizations and industries and specializations and functions that I had no exposure to before. That's the great thing about consulting is you kind of yeah. get to try lots of different things. Um, and, and where you find yourself really getting passionate around a particular area, you start to specialize. And that's what I started to do around organizational change management, org efficiency, okay. org development, and in particular, media entertainment um, industry. So eventually, I did make my way back to California and Los Angeles, and I was able to start um, you know, really focusing on my area of passion. And, and that ultimately led me to Disney. So I was recruited um, about three years ago to, to join Disney in the role that I'm in. And, um, and it's been a great fit. I'm still essentially doing consulting. It's an internal consulting role. Right. And, yeah. um, and it's been just this wonderful synergy story of, of, you know, coming back where I started. And in fact, that's usually how I introduce myself to people at Disney. Disney's a very tenured organization. People tend to be with the organization for quite some time. And so there's, um, I'll say a, a faint distrust for people that are new to the company and, <laughs> So when I introduce myself to people for the first time, generally I say, and I started in Tomorrowland merchandise when I was in high school. Wow. And that just opens the door for people to, to, to open up and, and, and trust me and bring me into their conversations more fully. So it's been a, it's been a completely unpredictable career pattern, yeah. but at the same time, I'm, uh, I couldn't be happier with, with where it's led me. Yeah. Wow. That's really neat to hear the full circle of you working at Disney in high school and then seasonal through college and then coming for full circle after getting to learn more through consulting about this kind of, you know, organizational change management and then entertainment media bringing those two worlds together to be able to do what you're doing. That's really, that's really cool to hear. Um, so what's your favorite thing going off that and um, what makes Disney special? What's your favorite thing about working for Disney? So I'll say the first thing that came to mind first, and then I'll answer it probably sure. more appropriately. Yeah. It's when I'm having a tough day, I can walk into one of our parks and I can oh. go on an attraction that um, will immediately change my attitude and mm-hmm. remind me about why we do what we do. Um, I usually tell people that um, if you're having a tough day at Disney, it's it's something that you should be able to address and um, and fix. And so I've got a, a, a favorite place um, that I go to when I'm 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 at Disneyland. There's a there's a a bridge that goes over um, sort of where Splash Mountain, um, the big hill that you go down Splash Mountain, and yes. you of course get soaked and wet. But yes. after that hill, there's a little turnaround, and there's a um, and and the flumes go in sort of a, a circle, and uh, there's a bridge above it, and I like to stand there at the top of that bridge and look down, and for whatever reason, although I'm in plain sight, the the guests never see me. And I see people coming down and they're laughing and smiling and just having the time of their lives. And I can't be there for more than, you know, uh, if I'm there for any longer than a couple of minutes and not smiling myself, you know, something's wrong. So I I really like that about the fact that Disney is such a tangible, um, uh, you, you know, organization in terms of intellectual property and the storytelling that we have. And, you know, Disney Parks experience and products is, is sort of that 3D, um, you know, manifestation of the brand where you go and touch and feel the products that we sell, the, uh, you know, the cruise line that you may take a, uh, a journey on or, um, you know, uh, another, you know, going into any one of our parks around the globe. And so I love the fact that it's just part of Americana. It's part of who we are. And the fact that I get to support it and get to be, you know, experience those products, um, 
you know, and be a part of, uh, of the magic is, is pretty amazing. I, the other thing I'll say, and it goes back to something earlier we talked about, Katie, that my yeah. favorite thing that probably wasn't as expected about working for Disney is just how cast focused we are and just how yeah. genuine that is. And the DNA, I think a lot of companies say, you know, we put our employees first and, and, you know, we always yeah. were there for them, but, but that doesn't always happen, um, you know, on a day to day, but I will give credit to some fantastic leaders that I've worked with um, within Disney. And you hear it over and over and over about how the cast um, cast comes first, um, which actually has been a little bit controversial at times, because especially mm -hmm. in our parks, we used to say that the guest always came first. But what we've said more recently is that if we take care of our leaders, our leaders will take care of our cast and the cast will take care of the guest and everything will work out just fine. Yeah. But really that, that, that chain of support is super critical. And I've found that the, the genuineness around that concept really um, warms my heart. It makes me excited to work for this company. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like you said, it really does, like, as you go on in your career, there's there's one thing if, you know, company can talk the talk, but walking the walk is totally different. We can say it, but seeing it in practice and like you said, feeling it, knowing that you're supported and appreciated allows, I think, us to do our jobs better. We know, okay, like my team or my leadership has my back and they're looking out for me as a person, That's right. professional. Yeah. That's right. And I think, like you said, too, it was, it was funny because I was thinking as you were talking about just, you were saying the tangible effect and just um, hard to not stand in that spot at Disneyland and smile reactions of people like I was I was thinking back to Disney plus and um, my roommate and I have been you know like going back and watching old Disney movies and just yeah it kind of it just transports you to this place I'm like oh my gosh like don't you remember watching this movie when you were young and it just instantly kind of it just warms your heart and takes you back to kind of, okay forget about what's going on going on currently or current reality and now you're just back in this you know nostalgic place that just feels really nice and good you know it is and it and it you know, children of all ages, so to speak. So, you know, my nieces and nephews got really excited this last week where we we pulled up um, Frozen 2 and oh, yeah. were able to, to share it on Disney Plus earlier than expected. And, yeah. you know, it has such a great and powerful story to it. And then in my case, I was watching, uh, I, I caught up on the Marvel Cinematic Universe recently. Oh, I hadn't seen all the movies when they were in the theaters. And so I was able to watch them in sequence, which was, was really great. And then oh, more recently, I was watching um, this last week, actually, Right now, I'm watching all the Star Wars films from okay. um, episode one forward. So I'm up to episode five right now. So wow. I'll tell you what I think at the end of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but there good. is. You're right. There's something about it. It's just part of yeah. who we are as a as a as a as an, a human being, right? It, I was going to say as an American, but at the end of the day, it really is a global brand yeah. that resonates so deeply. I was in I was at Disneyland Paris recently for oh, some work wow. and. Um, being in that environment, it was this, um, and I, I worked in, at Tokyo Disneyland previously too, and being in those, um, you know, non-U.S. environments and seeing how our IP resonates with our guest space, who is different and every, you know, every park has a different guest space. Sure. And just seeing that universality of, of the types of stories that we tell, the emotions that come from them, and, um, and how that really is a, a common language across you know, across the globe. It, it's, it's fascinating. I don't know of any, really any other company that has that same sort of um, impact on, on. Yeah. People. I was going to say power. Yeah. Like it's, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I'm a fan. I don't know if you can tell. Just a little 
love it. <laughs> I said something at work recently with, with, with my team. And I said, you know, I'll let you know in a little secret. I'm really a you know super fan of the parks. And one of my team members, Cassie, she said, Todd, that's not a secret. We yeah. all are right. a super fan right. of the parks. Right. Oh, I love it. I love that. So um, going back to kind of UCLA, you've been such a wonderful advocate and volunteer for UCLA since you graduated. And I wanted to ask how your involvement with UCLA as an alumnus has impacted your relationship with your alma mater. I don't know. I can't think of it separately, right? I, I think of it as, um, so I was a, I was a super joiner as a student. Um, I think we all know <laughs> I was involved in a lot of things as a student, whether it was residential life or student government or student alumni association, spring sing, et cetera. And um, I was, I came from um, a school that didn't send a lot of, um, a lot of kids to, to four-year colleges. And when mm-hmm. I made it to UCLA, I um, you know, first generation college student, and I was absolutely going to enjoy this. Um, I was going to take advantage of every offering that UCLA had, uh, perhaps to the detriment of my grades at times, but, uh, <laughs> but I loved it. And so I think I was a volunteer, so to speak, since I was a student and it was just part of who I was you know, at 18 mm-hmm. years old. And so when I think back, um, to how my volunteer relationship, my alumni volunteer relationship started, um, it was it was pretty organic. I mean, I was really involved my last year at UCLA in the Student Alumni Association. I was in the company of Spring Sing, oh, okay. uh, which for awesome. those who've done that, they know that that's a big, um, you know, a big um, yes, big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, and so when I graduated, as I mentioned earlier, I, I traveled a bit and I lived on other parts of the in other parts of the country. And when I relocated back into Southern California around 2003. Um, Keith Brandt, who at the time was our executive director of the Alumni Association, um, he'd been a mentor of mine. And he said, you know, we've got this thing called the Alumni Academy, which sort of trains our our alumni on how to get involved in in volunteer capacity, which would be interested. And so I did that program. I want to say it was the second year of the program. We no longer have the program, but it was when I did it, um, every month, a new speaker from the campus would come and talk about the things that, um, you know, mattered on campus. And um, after I graduated from that program, I um, was appointed the alumni representative to our undergraduate student association. And oh, that okay. was really my like dive heads first in because every Tuesday night I was on campus um, as the alumni rep on the, uh, on the student government, undergrad student government. And that really, I, I never walked away since then. And so yeah. from there I went on the alumni board and I've been on other, um, you know, other networks and I'm back on the alumni board for a second term and, and been the treasurer for two years and just was elected vice chair um, going into the next, oh, um, the next year. Yeah. So, but for me, it's just this, like, I always see Dis- or, um, Disneyland is my happy place, but UCLA is my adult happy place. Right. So <laughs> like, you know, when I go to campus, I get this recentering. I remember Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, not only do I think about past, but I also think about the future of UCLA and, you know, it is, it's a foggy space right now, right? There's a lot going on that we're not exactly sure Definitely. what's going to happen. But for me, I'm really proud of the university. I'm proud of the evolution that it's taken in terms of, you know, the, the, the global landscape for education and it's, and, and just the, the success of the university. And I'm so proud. I mean, I, I, when I talk about being an alumnus of UCLA, it's, um, that in and of itself, um, I'm really proud of, but then also how I hope I've been able to make some level of impact through the different organizations I've been a part of or the different capacities I've played, whether it's through, been through scholarship or advocacy or career right. advisory, but you know, that's been, a, that's been in, uh, just a core part of who I am. UCLA really is 
you know, just, just a part of who I am. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I, I like how you said you've been, you know, kind of volunteer since you were 18, like you said, joining all the student orgs and, and getting so involved on campus and just not going all the way through to where you are now and all your involvement. And it's not for everybody. And I know people, you know, the super joiners can be annoying for, for other folks, but <laughs> for me, it works, right? And so one of the other things I've tried to do as a volunteer is figure out how to engage with people that are not the super joiners that, mm-hmm. you know, may only want to co-host a dinner for 12 strangers once a year. And that's it. That's all they want to yeah. do. Or they only want to go to a, you know, sporting events, or they only want to, you know, um, you know, participate in a really limited capacity, or maybe just be aware of what's going on. But I think part of being an alumni volunteer is, is helping to figure out how other people can be. Mm-hmm. That was actually the next part of my question. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna yeah ask just how what advice you would give to other alumni and our upcoming class of 2020 about how to get involved and after you graduate with UCLA. Well, there's countless ways. I think you've got to go where your where your heart is, and I think that's what helped me. Um, you know, not volunteering for just whatever came up, but doing the things that mattered most to me. So I think that we all know who what drives us as individuals. Mm-hmm. So I'll sort of I'll separate it. So for alumni, I would say. Um, you know, we're here for you. UCLA is always going to be a part of your life. So how would you like to engage? Is it through career development? Is it through mentoring, you know, students? Is it through, you know, giving back financially through scholarship? There's so many different ways that people can engage in the university. And so, um, and, and there's no shortage of opportunities, I guess. Right. I would say. Right. Some, people, yeah. some people are there mentally and some people are not. And so I just like to have conversations with, with um, alumni. So for example, at Disney, we actually have um, a UCLA alumni network at Disney, and we have, we've had a couple, two or three events over the last couple of years, and they've been really well attended. We have some very senior leaders in the organization who went to UCLA undergrad or grad, and um, everyone asks, you know, how can I help? How can I get involved? And, you know, usually our coaching and my coaching has been, you know, tell me what you enjoy. Tell me what gets you excited about you know, UCLA yeah. or just in life. And a, a lot of times people didn't even know that they had, you know, the ability to you know, do an interview for, with a Bruin, you know, once right. one night a year. And it's such an yeah. easy way to make an impact in students' lives. But um, so I think it's just a little bit of a, you know, a matching conversation. And, and I totally. think that's, it, it's, there's so many opportunities. For students, though, I would say don't, even especially now, because I think the class of 2020 is going to have this unique experience where they're not going to get, um, at least in the near term, all of the same um, ceremonies, so to speak, that we, we have for alumni or that we have for, you know, new, new alumni. And what I would say is don't let that color your perspective of the university, mm-hmm. figure out, you know, again, yeah, who you are and how you want to engage and, and, and reach out. Um, we have UCLA one is a, is a form that we use for both alumni and students to, to communicate and collaborate, um, you know, whether it's through mentorship or just connections, professional connections. And I think that's a great way for, for the, these, this upcoming class to stay connected. And I'd also say, keep coming back. We're going to be back, right? UCLA, yeah. um, you know, the beautiful campus that it is, is, is going to be back. And I hope that the upcoming class of 2020 continues to um, feel the feelings that they feel um, about the university. And there's so many neat and easy ways to stay involved as an alum. Like, what I know is over your first few years of your career, you're really busy. You're establishing yeah. yourself in your career. You don't Absolutely. have a lot of capacity to, you know, to, to volunteer in different, you know, selection committees and events yeah. planning and all that kind of good stuff. But you know what you can do is you can still go to a lot of the campus traditions. You can go to the BSC route. You can go yeah. to, 
you know, you can go to spring sing, you can go to the, the things that matter to you. You can go to football games and basketball games and gymnastics, you know, um, events. Yeah. like all of the things that you enjoy now, keep doing it. Cause that's mm-hmm. what I did. Like, as I said before, I, I just kept doing what I was doing as a student, except now I'm not a student and I, yeah. <laughs> I still participate. Um, and I, I think it's important to, at a certain point in your career, you need to, it, it flips. You go from needing stuff from people in, in the school, like I need services, I need connections, I need this, to being more of a provider. And mm. and everyone has a different point in time, but I've seen you know new alumni, I can think of a few that I work with um, on the alumni board who are hyper-engaged, but you know have only been out of school for maybe five, six years. And they're already talking about, you know, they're already mentors, heavily engaged in mentorship um, for, yeah. for, you know, emerging classes and they're hiring, you know, Bruins and things like that. So I feel like everyone has their own unique story. And I wish we had a decoder ring that just, you know, was able to point, you know, answer five questions and it'll tell you exactly right. what you do. Well, it doesn't work that way. But, yeah. but I would say, um, you know, just remember where you're at today. Maybe write yourself a letter of, you know, mm-hmm. what it is, especially for the upcoming class. You know, yeah, write yourself a letter about that. all the things that you love about, about the university and the things that you'd like to, you know, continue to, to, to participate in and, and that feed your soul. And then, you know, pull that letter out in, you know, three, five years and, and, and take a look at it and remind yourself what it is that, I mean, it's a really special place. I don't think every university has that same level of affinity, um, right. you know, agree. for their alumni. And a part of it is that experience. It's that physical experience, which we're mm-hmm. struggling with what means right in this in the spring spring quarter and Mm -hmm. to me it really is it changes our conversation around how we want to engage um with our alumni both um current alumni and future alumni which is right like to call our students yeah yeah i think that's wow i think that's really great advice i love the idea of writing yourself a letter about you know what do you love about ucla and like you said just continuing on thinking about those things that you've been engaging in as a student and just continuing that like i said whether it's you know, sporting events or, you know, spring sing or, you know, um, you know, student government, whatever it is, like there's a, you can still be su- support and be involved as, as an alumnus. Um, the amount, I mean, the other thing that's, you know, there's a lot of things that have started in the last few years that, that weren't there. I think we're now what, 10 years into the volunteer center and, yeah, right. you know, that big volunteer day program, it's such an amazing thing. I had um, friends is. and colleagues in other parts of the world, literal globe that were part of volunteer day this last year. And you could do that yourself volunteering and community service is an important part of who you are, you know, stay connected to UCLA that way. There's, we have regional, you know, networks around the globe mm-hmm. that you can be a part of. I've been a part of um, several regional networks, whether it's Washington, DC or yeah. Orange County, or now I'm in Rose Bowl Bruins um, in okay. yeah. the area. And, um, and for me, that was just, a, it has been a great way to stay connected with people or, to, or, or to become connected to people that I didn't even know, um, you know, as a student. Right, right. And I think, like you said, that's a great way for especially those that are outside of California, you're going back home and you're building your networks and finding community, utilizing those networks to meet other Bruins to be able to do things like that on the weekend and after work. Um, Yeah, that's awesome. So my final question, um, since leaving UCLA, how has your career and life experiences shaped how you define success? Uh, You know, it's it's an interesting question because I think my definitions have certainly changed um, over time. I think earlier in my career, it was all about, you know, what company I worked for, what was my title and how much money did I make? And, you know, with a little bit of, you know, gray hair and and years of experience, I think that's modulated so much more into, you know, how do you feel and are you filling your soul and your cup 
Um, you know, are you continuously learning? Are you there for, for people that you care about? Are you, you know, are you coming to work or just in life and, and smiling every day? Mm-hmm. Um, simple things. I, I was working with a leader at, um, at Disneyland. He was our president of our, our resort. And, and we were in a conversation around how can we tell whether or not our employees are happy? And he said, you know, I really wish there was a way we could just measure how many smiles both our cast and our, our guests have on a, a given day. And just thinking back even to that story, it makes me think about how you define success. For me, success mm-hmm. is a smile. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a hug. It's, it's, a, it's a genuine, um, you know, conversation with somebody that you care about or somebody that you've never even met, but, but it's, it's worth your time. And so I feel like my, my definition for success is, has absolutely adjusted over time. You know, that doesn't mean that the other things aren't important um, that I mentioned earlier, but they become far less, less important in, in, in retrospect. And, sure. and when I, especially when I think about, you know, today, the world that we're living in with, with, you know, the, the global crisis, it makes me think even more around what is success for me. Success is, you know, a, a being there for my family, being there for my friends, um, you know, continuing to have a laugh, um, you know, to watch uh, Netflix party and, and, yeah. and share an experience together. Um, you know, it just, it, it's adjusted so much um, over the course of my life. And I hope it continues to evolve, you know, that, that, the the little things become much more important i think um as you mm-hmm. as you progress in your career and in life yeah that's yeah i think you're you're spot on and i i loved your your insight there about like you said it's it's the way you make you feel and it's the way you can i think even make other people's feel other people feel or a smile that you know you can see the impact that you might have on someone through just a conversation or exchange um, that becomes much more, like you said, about the smaller, the smaller things or, or the little wins um, versus sometimes the bigger factors like the salary or the title or things like that. Oh my gosh, Katie, let me tell you a little quick story. I was yeah. um, walking around Disneyland, um, it's around the holiday time this last year. And um, I'm not, I, you know, I don't normally work in the operation. I, I you know, have a a nice little workspace, uh, you know, in our, in our administrative offices, but I was on, on stage, uh, as we call it. And I was over near, um, it's a small world. Okay. And, um, a little boy, I would say he was five, um, approached me with a piece of paper. And, um, first of all, I was like, what's going on here. Right. Yeah. I read <laughs> right. the piece of paper and he said, if you, if, if my name is, I think my name is Christophe. Um, I, if you're reading this, I don't speak English. I'm from France. I lost my family. Please call this number. And it was an international number. And my first initial thought was, oh my gosh, what do I do? But I, I yeah. kind of, I knew what the protocol was. So I called over security and I got the, um, Christoph, I got him a, a little, um, little popcorn, a bag of popcorn. And yeah. I pulled out my, my iPhone and I pulled up Google translate and I was talking to him, you know, via my phone in, in French and English and, um, put a smile on his face got him to you know calm down because obviously he was very emotional he was crying and um you know eventually about 10 minutes later his 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 mother came and and we we, we, you know reunited the family but it made me think about first of all I would have never guessed that that would have been what happened to me that day it wasn't my you know my day-to-day job and things that I would do but man did I feel successful did I feel like I did the right thing for that little that little boy in this experience and it was actually kind of fun right I was like okay how can I work through this situation and help him find his family how can I calm him down how can I be of service and value to him in that moment um and and I think for me I came away feeling like really 
proud and accomplished. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. Totally. But that just tells you how like things can change on a dime. You know, I might have earlier in the day, my, my definition of success may have been, you know, so many meetings executed and so many decisions made, but in that moment and in that day, that made, that was, that was meaningful. That was it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like you said, and, and not no average day, but like that, that story, I think, you know, wow. Talk about, talk about making an impact and yeah, a difference in that family's day. Yeah. It's a great story. So those are all the questions I have for us today. So I just want to thank you so much, Todd, again, for your time. Um, And I really want to thank you for all you do for UCLA as a board member to enhance our current systems and create new and thoughtful opportunities for, um, like you said, you know, alumni and future alumni that we have. So we're so grateful to have alumni like you that give back so much to UCLA to make it a better place for all. So thank you again for, you know, taking time to join us. And I really enjoy our conversation today. Likewise, thanks for for having me. Absolutely. You've been listening to Bruin Success. Our guest this week was Todd Sargent, Senior Manager of Organization Development at Walt Disney Parks, Experiences, and Consumer Products. You can find more information on Todd in the description of the podcast. Follow Partnership UCLA Alumni Career Programs on Instagram and Facebook to keep up with Bruin Success. If you enjoyed our podcast, subscribe to it, tell a friend, or share your appreciation on social media. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time when we're back with Dr. Latanya Reese-Miles, the Executive Director of First Year Experience at UCLA. This podcast was made possible by UCLA alumni.